Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Here's the big one. Well, I could see myself making love to that person. I want to be best friends with him, but I'm not sure he or she really are committed to the Lord. Red flag. Red flag. I just had someone recently stop me. Red flag. He knew it. We talked about it. You need to understand, all of those are going to be part of your marriage. They need to be before you get married. That should be there to be healthy. The desire and drive for sexual relationships can be so strong that we compromise ourselves. The numbers of those who say they're Christians who participate in sexual activities prior to marriage is stunning. Pastor Mark reminds us that while we can't go back and undo what has already been done, we can have a new start through God's grace and forgiveness. We will be reminded that the Bible promises that we can have victory and live a life that pleases God if we're willing to allow the Holy Spirit to empower us and then become obedient to what God has said to do. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 with his continuing study called Because God says so, I will do marriage, family, and dating God's way. In a marriage, there is spiritual intimacy. See, typically, we only think of one kind of intimacy, sexual. No. First, it starts with spiritual intimacy. And that's that God love. That we love our spouse And we love God with that. Then there's relational intimacy, which is that friendship that really starts in a marriage. Your spouse should be a friend for life. Your spouse, my spouse, should be my best friend. And then we go to the third kind, sexual intimacy. That really doesn't need a lot of explanation, but we're going to talk about it in God's instructions. Now, those three, look at those three right there. Those three elements must be balanced in your marriage. Notice there's the light bulb. So ask yourself this morning, are all three of those functioning in your marriage? Do you have that commitment to your marriage? Number two, are you really best friends? Number three, is there that passion, that eros, balanced in your marriage. Now, both spouses must come to the marriage and they bring these three. And sometimes we need a little balance in them. We need a little maintenance. The bulb is getting a little light in this area. Could be any one of those. 
Satan uses that, uses our world system, and he uses our fleshly nature to do the same thing. So ask yourself this morning, there's the light bulb. Are all three of those happening today in your marriage? If not, we don't throw the house out. We don't get out of the marriage. We work on it with God's help. If you're dating this morning, those three should be part, especially if you're seriously dating, two believers dating, those three should be part of that whole situation. Now, of course, you can't have the sexual intimacy that you would want until you're married. But let's just say you're dating somebody and you're both spiritual intimacy. You both have a relationship with God. That's the only way to date as a Christian. Then there's this friendship and you go like, wow, I'm like really more interested in the sexual part first. See, when you dated, you dated for the spiritual intimacy first, right? Okay. I'm waiting for honesty in the church. No, you waited for the sexual immediately. That was the draw. Why? Because God made us that way. So if you're dating somebody and you say this, Man, that person could be best friends for life. That's fantastic. Can't wait. They love God. I can't wait. Not sure I could go to bed with them, though, even if I'm married. There's a red flag right there. And it could be all three. Here's the big one. Well, I could see myself making love to that person. I want to be best friends with him. But I'm not sure he or she really are committed to the Lord. Red flag. Red flag. I just had someone recently stop me. Red flag. He knew it. We talked about it. You need to understand. All of those are going to be part of your marriage. They need to be before you get married. That should be there to be healthy. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians. You'll see where it is. The book of Ephesians, chapter 5. About two-thirds of the way, kind of through the the New Testament. Ephesians, chapter 5. And this is your homework. This is your homework for this week. Not just these, all of Ephesians 5, the whole chapter, because it's all about marriage. Now, when you get there, I'd encourage you to use the New Living Translation, because it makes it simpler for you to explain it, understand it as it's being explained to you. You can go to Version. You can get that passage, of course. As I told you before, it's a free app. My wife and I, yesterday morning, after breakfast, we just put the Version on, played Ephesians 5, and hit the little sound button, and the person just read it to us. It was really good. So that's your homework. So here's Ephesians chapter 5, and we'll begin at verse 18. Now remember, the first thing Jesus did was he was filled with the Spirit. Watch this. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Don't come under the control of wine. Don't come under the influence of wine. Drunkenness is a sin. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. In other words, let the Spirit control you, not as a robot, but come under the influence of God. And what will happen? Look at these signs. Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So these are some of the many symbols, evidences that you're being controlled by God. If I'm not filled or controlled by God, I will be filled with me. The major problem in marriage for all of us is selfishness. So I won't love another person because I'm going to love me more than them. That isn't going to work in a marriage, in a dating relationship. It just won't work. So here, when you see you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to be, notice, you're going to be saying, look, speak to one another. You're going to have kind words. 
You're going to have good communication, as we talked about. You're also going to notice two other things. You're going to be a joyful person, and you're going to be a thankful person. Now, that's very interesting. That's just some of the signs. Right after that, be filled with the Spirit. Let God control you. You know what the rest of the whole chapter is about? I already told you. It's about marriage. So I can't do marriage right. And as I start, like Jesus did, because marriage is warfare. Satan's after it. I have to first be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then I have to know the word and obey the word. So I'm going to give you the word this morning. Not for head, but for heart. Are we on the same page? Okay. Shall I go all again from the start? You'll be out of here by two o'clock. Are we on the same page or not? Okay. So what are you doing? I want to be filled with the spirit. God just fill me, control me. And second, I want to know what God says about my marriage. So here we go. Right away, it begins. Look at verse 21. When I'm filled, here's what it's going to look like. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit is a love word. Here's the definition. A willing attitude that wants to cooperate. It's an action and an attitude. Basically what this pictures, it's, it's a function of all the body of Christ. We submit to one another. We submit to one another. But notice verse 21. We submit to one another because we're submitting first to who? God. When you're filled with the Spirit, you're going to feel, you're going to submit to God's Word. Now, watch this. Husband and wife both say this. I place myself, that's really kind of what the word submit, it's kind of a military word. I place myself under you, and you place yourself <clears throat> under me as we place ourselves under the control of God. So when I'm doing life, I'm going to always submit to God first. What do you want? What did Jesus say in the word? He said this, I always do what the father tells me to do. That was submitting, even though they were equal, that was submitting to the father. So submission is to be mutual. And submission has a big part in our marriages. Now, when you go to verse 22, most husbands have this highlighted red circles around it. And there's an amen, they say, right at the end. So let's go there. Wives have crossed this out in their Bible. And they, don't, they probably cut it out. Some, If you look at their Bible, they've cut that sucker right out of there. So let's see what God's word says. Wives, here's the big S word. You don't like it. Submit to your husbands. But it doesn't end there. As to the Lord. The wife is to submit to her husband's loving leadership. And help to complete him and make him all he can be. See, a man by himself will never accomplish what God has for him. That's why you have a wife. She's going to compliment you. She's going to help you. She's going to work together. So you can already see that together. Now, what you see there, husbands and wives have distinct roles in marriage. But they're totally equal in value. That verse 22 doesn't mean the wife is under in value. Every person has been created in the image of God. How could somebody be less value? No, every person is valuable. We know that from the gospel. 
Jesus came for everyone. So understand, equal value, different rule. We'll see the role of the husband in a moment. Now, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives. Is that love? That's not phileo love. That's not sexual love. That's not eros. It's God's love. Selfless love. Giving love. Not selfish love. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Now let's go back to verse 25. Just as Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? How did Christ show love? How did he show love? We just sang it today. He laid his life down for us. That's the only reason you and I are a Christian today. He took our sins. He laid his life. Husband, are you laying your life down for your wife? Is she valuable? And then notice the second one. It's interesting. Look at verse 28 again. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Do you know any man that gets up in the morning, looks in the mirror and goes, you know, I don't, don't like that here there. Don't really care. My arm's shorter here than there. I really don't love myself at all. No, it goes like this. Man, I'm a stud, baby. Look at this. <laughs> if, you, if you hate your body, we need to get you in the hospital right now. There's some mental things we have to work with. So no one hates his own body. So why should I hate my wife? No, we're actually one. So I have to love just as Jesus loved the church and gave himself for it. That's agape love. Now, can you and I do that in our own? No, we cannot. Because what's my problem? I want you to just turn to your neighbor and just say to them right now, don't smile, but just say that here's the truth. I selfish. Go ahead, just turn to them right now. I, I selfish. Now, some of your spouses have been waiting to hear that for 20 years. So... Again, you've said it. Maybe they'll want to say it again. You can record it on your iPhone. I, my husband said, my wife said, I selfies. Love is an emotion. Look at this next. Write this down. Love is a verb. Here is what love does. You know, I used to hear people say this. They come in for marriage counseling. They say this. Well, why are you here? Well, we've both fallen out of love. I say to them, uh, No, you don't fall out of love. You fall out of a bed. (laughs) Love is not falling out. Love is a commitment. It's a decision. This, 1 Corinthians 13, you've seen it before. You and I will never accomplish all of this. Never. But we're to try with God's help. This is a verb. This is agape. This is what God's love is. Now watch it. Love is patient and kind. It's not jealous, boastful, proud, rude. Doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable. (laughs) Next week, we'll talk a lot about this one. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but notice... Rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Now look at this. Love never gives up. 
Well, Pastor Mark, throwing in the towel, had enough, it's over with. No, not with God's love. Anybody glad this morning God didn't give up on you? Oh, man, are you kidding? Every day I need that. Every day. Never loses faith. Is always hopeful. Endures through every circumstance. Again, we can't do that. But that's what God's love is. That's where we're striving to. Satan hates those words. But God gave it as a challenge to us. See, God hardwired husbands to be the loving leader of the home. The husband is to be the provider, the protector, the spiritual leader at home. Has nothing to do with power. It has to do with servant leadership. Love in action. Now look at verse 33. You're right there in Ephesians. However, each one of you also must love his wife, guys, as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. If you've lived any time at all, You've been out and you've heard a wife say, you know, my husband, he's just a loser. Well, is that respecting your husband? No, you're spreading stuff that's from your mouth. That's not kind words. That's not being filled with the spirit. That's not joyful. And so we have to understand God hears that. We, we should respect. By the way, the Bible also says wives should love your husband. Same word later. Same. So here's the light bulb for all of us. Husbands, here's the light bulb for us. Wives, here's the light bulb for you. Write it down this morning. Husbands, do you submit to your wife? Do you work together in that? You see, there has to be a leader. Say, well, I don't like to submit to my husband. Why did God make my husband the leader? Well, there has to be a leader because A body with no head is dead. Your marriage won't ever work. A body with two heads is a freak. (laughs) It's a monster. You won't find any corporation in the world that operates without a head. Never. Your body operates with a head. My head in this church is who? God. He's your head. He's the head of the church. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. But I'm the physical head. But I have to learn to submit to the elders and the other pastors. We submit together. Notice, husbands, do submit, love, and lead your wives as Jesus leads his church. Wives, here you are. Now, remember, guys, how does that happen in your home? Well, Pastor Mark, number one's good. Mm, Number two, not so much. All right. It's time to work on it a little bit. Submit together. Do you know that sometimes our wives have way better ideas than you and I have? And we have to learn to, we're a team, we're working together. Wives, do submit, love, and respect your husband. Well, Pastor Mike, respect your husband. That's the husband that God gave you. Now, we're not talking about, in this submitting, all kind of weird things that husband asks the wife to do things that are unbiblical. Of course not. Pastor Mark, I'm in a marriage. My husband is beating me, routine. I have to submit to him. Absolutely not. Call us. We'll call the police. We'll get him taken care of, and you submit to the Lord. I'm serious. People go through marriages, and they always fall back being beaten. That's wrong. Well, I'm the head of the marriage. No, you are not the head of the marriage. You're not submitting to God at all. 
So understand, there's balance in this. I don't have time to go into all of that. Now, when you see this happening, you have to understand, this is hard. But that's the way it works. We submit to one another, we submit to God, and we submit to ourselves, and we love and respect, really, each other. Now, here's an example of a marriage that needs a little bit of maintenance, maybe an overhaul, totally. Listen, the husband had just finished reading a new book entitled, You Can Be the Man of Your House. He stormed to his wife in the kitchen and announced, from now on, you need to know, after reading this book, that I am the man of the house, and my word is law. Some of you guys are writing the name of the book down. Don't do that. No. (laughs) You will prepare me a gourmet meal tonight, and when I'm finished eating my meal, you'll serve me a scrumptious dessert. After dinner, you're going upstairs with me, and you're going to submit to me in the bedroom. Afterwards, you're going to draw me a bath so I can relax. You will wash my back and towel me dry and bring me my robe. Then you will massage my feet and hands. Then tomorrow, guess who's going to dress me and comb my hair? And the wife calmly replied, I think it will be the funeral director. (laughs) Amen. That marriage needs a total makeover. That's one for television. (laughs) All right. Now let's move on to the second. Eros, spiritual intimacy. Eros is a passionate love that attracts a man and a woman together. God made us. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews 13, if you will. Hebrews 13. You'll see where it is very close to the end of the Bible. Hebrews 13, chapter 4. When God made man and woman, he made us with bodies that had individual hormone mixtures. We fit together physically, perfectly, and our spirituality and sexuality are entwined together. It's not just one without the other. Remember, these three have to be actually working together. Now, in this picture, Hebrews 13, we have God speaking about sexual intercourse. When we read the marriage bed, that simply means sexual intercourse. Here we go. Marriage should be honored by all. And the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Now, here's a light bulb. Let's write it down and think about this. Sexual intimacy is a gift from God. Las Vegas didn't design sexuality. God did. They've absolutely diluted it to nothing but flesh. Terrible. Sexual intimacy is a gift from God designed for oneness, pleasure, and sexual fulfillment. Many people in the old days as Christians never thought it would be pleasure just to have kids. Absolutely wrong. The world has given us the idea that marriage can be a temporary thing only lasting as long as both parties feel okay with it. Pastor Mark has been reiterating God's view that marriage was from the beginning intended to be permanent, period. Just like the Christian walk, the marriage walk can only be successfully navigated with the power of God. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. 
All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will wrap up this message, part three of Because God Says So, I Will Do Marriage, Family, and Dating God's Way. He will be teaching what the Bible says about sexual intimacy, what that is, and the different facets that it contains. He will also be instructing us about the necessity to have an aspect of friendship between husband and wife. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Because God Says So. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving